hey, beautiful friends, it's mom. It's mom. <laughs> it's Mary, <laughs> who is a mom from Mom's Meat World. And we're so glad to have you here, whether you're coming in for the first time from wherever you are in the world, or you've been with us for all 11 episodes. We are so grateful and send you lots of love and hugs and gratitude for your also mutual interest in strengthening home and family, which is our mission here. Today, uh, we are doing a solo podcast. I guess we should more accurately say I am doing a solo podcast intentionally. Uh, it's a topic um, that involves answering questions from listeners. So I'm going to do that. And then we're going to move into a tribute for someone I think you're going to love. So let's start with the questions that we've had from listeners. And by the way, if you would like to submit a question or a to- or an idea for a topic, you can go to momsmeetworld.com and you can click on the icon in the lower right-hand corner and you can just leave that voicemail and let us know what you're thinking. We would love to connect with you. Okay. The first question we have here is why does this podcast moms meet world exist? What, who came up with it and what's going on? That's such a good question. And honestly, we should have answered that in the first podcast, but I was so excited to be hanging out with my daughters and interviewing that I never really got around to this. And, and I apologize for that. So here we are at a dozen episodes getting to this, but, but here it is. Um, the reason that moms meet world came about is a number of years ago, I began thinking about how a lot of answers to life questions were being answered in a political way. And I'm not against political answers. I really believe in the power of positive politics and of the power of politics to shape and uh, change our world for good. Absolutely. That's historically true and can also be true the other way, but it can be, there can be many, many good things uh, that come from political battles and from political change. But there's something more fundamental, I think, and deeper. And I think you might agree. Um, there's a place where change can happen that's almost cellular, or what I want to say is cellular, down at the very cellular or cellular level of this earthly experience. And that is the family, right? So let me just quote here, deeply wise Mother Teresa. She said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Mother Teresa knew that the most valuable product any society produces is the next generation of families. After all, as we said, families are the smallest unit of of society and healthy families are the building blocks of a healthy, happy civilization. I really believe that. And I wonder if you believe that too. Um, you know how it goes with therapist's office, you know, their, their desire for a happy home is universal. And I, I saw that when I was studying, um, biopsychology in college, so much dysfunction. Um, but that desire for that happy home spans all human history. You never hear someone say to a therapist, you got to help me doc. I had such a functional, peaceful childhood. I don't know how to recover, but instead, what do we see? We see therapist's office that are stuffed with people trying to untangle chaotic, broken, even violent childhoods. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to hear about, hard to know that that's the case. Uh, Here are some statistics that are hard to hear, but let's just get through them. In 1960, 73% of children lived in a home with two married parents in their first marriage. Today, that number is 46%. In 1960, 5% of children were born outside of marriage, but today that number is 41%. And buckle up, single parenthood, as you may have guessed, or maybe not have guessed, I hadn't guessed this, single parenthood has tripled since 1960. 
It seems that somewhere along the line, humans have gotten distracted away from the most primary of life's missions to create and maintain loving families by every possible measure. And what what measures can we think of? Maybe economic, emotional, community stability, etc. The world really depends on strong families. So this little tiny podcast that that could, <laughs> like the little train that could, that keeps growing, is is a voice. It's just really trying to be a positive voice for family, and trying to be um, maybe a an inspiration uh, at some level for parents who are trying to raise families in a very difficult world. It really has gotten harder, I think, to be a parent of young children. The forces, the onslaught through media, et cetera, and the forces of evil that are out there are more nefarious and more open about it than they have ever been. Would you agree? And so that that need to have strength at home is even more paramount than it's ever been. The second question we have here is, why is this podcast titled Moms Meet World? Also a good question. Uh, the reason is that if you think of family as like a giant quilt and every family member as a square in that quilt and the threads, the golden threads that are, that are holding all of that together as the moms and dads, uh, holding those squares of, um, siblings, brothers and sisters, and even grandparents. And maybe if you think of that, extend that, that widen that quilt out to cousins and aunts and uncles, that beautiful quilt. Uh, I think of the dads metaphorically as the fiber that helps provide the structure for those squares and the moms as the batting, that comfortable, cushy softness in between the layers of fabric. And without that cushioning, you really don't have the warmth, right? That you need. And we want home to be a place that's warm and, and delightful and comforting and cozy. And moms help provide that. Now we will be having podcasts in the future on all kinds of things related to home and family, some really fun things. And of course, some of that will be on the, the value of dads. We've already done woven that through some of our other podcasts, but because I'm a mom, I guess, um, I'm thinking particularly about the influence of mothers in homes. And so I really wanted to, uh, with my daughters and sons and family, bring that motherhood aspect a little bit, promote that a little bit more. Um, and in that capacity, I'd like to, and that's why it's, sorry, let me just back up. That's why Moms Meet World is the title, because moms are meeting the world on its on their own terms. And they're they're meeting it with strength and dignity and a ferociousness, a, a healthy ferociousness to protect their, their young, um, but in a, in a kind and respectful way, <laughs> that's possible. So we're, we're working on all the fronts and I just want to share some quotes about motherhood that I think are so valuable and worth putting on that, you know, maybe writing down and putting on the refrigerator to remind us as moms of how powerful our roles are. So these are some quotes from LDS um, apostles that I testify are true. And from actually from C.S. Lewis. Uh, let's start with C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said that motherhood is the career for which all other careers exist. That's one to really think about, isn't it? Here's one from James E. Faust. He said, there is no greater good in all the world than motherhood. The influence of a mother in the lives of her children is beyond calculation. And J. Reuben Clark said, motherhood is near to divinity. It is the highest, holiest service 
to be assumed by mankind. It places her who honors its holy calling and service next to the angels. Hmm. This is a really interesting one. We were talking earlier a little bit about politics. This is from Neil A. Maxwell. When the real history of mankind is fully disclosed, will it feature the echoes of gunfire or the shaping sound of lullabies? The great armstices made by military men or the peacemaking of women in homes and neighborhoods? Will what happened in cradles and kitchens prove to be more controlling than what happened in Congresses? When the surf of the centuries has made the Great Pyramid so much sand, the everlasting family will still be standing because it is a celestial institution formed outside celestial time. I just love that. We could go on. I'm going to read just two more about the specific power of a mother to influence. And sometimes I think we as moms forget that, um, partly because we let the adversary discourage us. And I'm sorry to people who don't believe in God or an adversary. I will be occasionally referencing that. If you're brand new to our podcast, we do reference um, the belief in God and some Christian thought on that and, and the adversary um, or Judeo-Christian thought. I'm going to go ahead and keep referencing that sometimes because of what a friend said to me recently, which really gave me some encouragement. And the friend said, Mary, please never stop talking about God, even though I don't believe in God, or at least I say I don't, because I don't want to give up the tiniest little hope inside me that maybe there is a God. So don't feel free. Don't feel like you have to censure yourself if, if God comes up in a conversation. So in our conversation, dear listener, that may come up occasionally. Um, so let's go on with these quotes, these last two. This is from David O. McKay. Motherhood is the greatest potential influence, either for good or ill, in human life. The mother's image is the first that stamps itself on the unwritten page of the young child's mind. It is her caress that first awakens a sense of security, her kiss, the first realization of affection, her sympathy and tenderness, the first assurance that there is love in the world. Wow. And finally, D. Todd Christofferson said, mothers can exert an influence unequaled by any other person in any other relationship. Isn't that incredible? I, I love these quotes, but they also give me pause. And I remember distinctly as a young mom, and maybe you felt this way too, feeling the weight of that power and feeling sometimes like I didn't want all that power. I knew maybe particularly because I had a degree in psychology, I knew that I could pretty quickly wipe out a lot of self-esteem pretty fast. I mean, I could, I could, I could do some real damage if I didn't handle that power correctly. And it was always a responsibility that I kept in my heart of being careful, trying to be extremely careful about being firm, but kind and being loving and nurturing, but also holding line when necessary and realizing the impact or trying to always imagine the impact that I might be having with my words and my actions and trying to be very responsible about those things. Our third question is about my mom. And this question is more for my uh, closest friend listeners today, because they're the ones who've been asking about it. But also I thought, you know what, I think I'm going to just address it to all of you because um, sorry, we're becoming friends and thank you for the contact that you made and for your, um, your kindness. 
Um, but the question is about how my mom is doing and it's fitting because I want to give a little tribute to my mom. She's not doing well at all. She's dying. Uh, she's rallied before, but this time around they have asked, um, hospice to come in and we think she's getting really close. So we'll see what happens, but in her honor, and I hope she listens to this podcast in heaven. Um, I want you to know a little bit about my mom. You know, there's that saying that you have to see it to be it. And how valuable is it to have wonderful role models, or I call them soul models, so that we can aspire to be like those that are living lives in a way that we would like to live. I think we all have those. And I was incredibly blessed to have a mom that was in a nearly perfect soul model for me. Now she wasn't a perfect person. Of course not. Nobody is. She had her flaws and certainly things that, you know, sometimes I would think, Oh, come on, mom, you know, in different areas. But when it came to character uh, and to the, and when it came to the things that were the most important and truly, truly um, life-changing in a child's life for good, my mom had those qualities. She had a lot of what we just read about here. And, I would like to tell you a story about my mom that helps illustrate um, some of her stellar qualities. I can remember that um, my mom was gentle, even in under incredible stress. And she had a lot of reasons to be stressed. She had six children in less than eight years. And three of them were boys and three of them were girls. And some were more rambunctious than others. And some, you know, gave her a little more pause than others at different times. I think we all were challenging at some time or other or another. And here's a story about uh, one of those times. So I have this childhood memory of a rambunctious, playful to the occasional fault, seven-year-old brother hanging out of a window by his fingers. He was barely holding on. His buddies were watching from below. There was a lot of screaming, a lot of confusion. And suddenly there was my mom. With the steel-eyed focus of an Olympian, she entered the room. A nervous gaggle of kids parted to make way for her. She marched to the window. She grabbed my brother firmly by both arms, and she yanked him in. She might as well have dusted off her hands victoriously. Her mission was accomplished. This was far from Mary Gannon's first life-saving parenting moment, or her last. Not with three uber rambunctious boys, not with a tiny daughter who loved to sneak out to visit random neighbors, not with small children who would scale kitchen cupboards like mountain goats, but she did it. Uh, she had been one of two little girls growing up in a Massachusetts household. And when her baby sister passed away very young, mom remained and was loved and protected and treasured. And frankly, maybe some would say a little pampered and spoiled. And she grew up, went to college, married, and gave birth to these six kids in eight years. Her pampered upbringing had prepared her for life inside of a spa, but not for a home where the need for quick organizational skills was fairly key. But she did it. She figured it out. And she didn't, as an almost general rule, like almost, I, I personally can't remember her ever yelling, but I'm sure that there were times when she lost some patience. Um with those kids, or at least her voice got louder, but I personally can, honestly can't remember it. Um, how was she doing this? Like, how was my mother a Zen person? She wasn't in a coma. She wasn't wheeling around with a cart with a Valium drip. She wasn't screaming into pillows. 
And she was married to a man who sometimes tested her esprit de corps. Maybe she just came this way with solid patience all the way down. But it does seem to me that meanness really didn't seem to cross her mind almost ever. She was the kindest thing and she still is. She's a lovely, lovely person. I thought that she looked a lot like Snow White as a little girl with her coal black hair, her porcelain skin and her large eyes. Sometimes I thought she looked maybe like Jackie Kennedy. I saw a picture of Jackie Kennedy and I wondered is when I was very young, I thought maybe that's related to mommy or maybe she was the sister of Laura Petrie, that lady on TV at the time age lightened my mom's hair, but nothing dialed down the light of goodness inside of her. When things were really difficult, sometimes my mom would do something super rogue and go to the library. That's where she went. (laughs) She would drive away in her big blue Buick, leaving my dad with those children. And sometimes the librarian would call and say, um, or my dad would call the librarian and say, can I please speak to my mom or to my wife? And she would say, please tell him I'm not here right now. (laughs) So she could get a little tiny break, just a little break. She loved to read. She was brilliant. She still is. She's not well. She's going to pass away and we're going to miss her a lot. So, um, I just like to close by reminding you that we are all blessed to have family members that love us and that we have not only family members on earth that love us, but family members in heaven, they're watching over us and care about us and they care about you. And when you get, when the adversary tempts you to be discouraged, please go back to some of those quotes about motherhood. Even if you're not a mother, if you're a father, go back to those and think about maybe ways to support your spouse in her job of being a mother. We'll have podcasts for you dads eventually, uh, just specifically for you. We'll also have other podcasts about homeschooling during this time of pandemic. We're going to have a podcast on children's literature, about a podcast on developing creativity in your children with a children's book author. We've got my friend Joni Hilton coming back. Uh, I unfortunately did not record my session with Joni. Total miserable podcasting moment on my part. But Joni is is coming back and she's the YouTube mom. So you can look her up. She's delightful. We have some other people that are, um, you know, known and not well known. Um, some weather, some fantastic young moms in the trenches, um, all kinds of goodies coming up in future podcasts. Okay. We really need to wind this up, but I wanted to give you a little broadcast bonus here at the end. Um, a list of mothers that are fantastic examples. Uh, we talked earlier in the broadcast about soul models and role models. These are some I think you'll love if you don't already, or may jog your memory of ones that are maybe some of your favorites. So we have some fictional ones and then some actual ones. Uh, fictional ones can be incredibly inspiring too, as you know. So we have um, Marmy and Margaret March from Little Women. And you remember how inspiring and kind and yet firm sometimes and how loyal she was. Uh, the older little woman movie, the one little woman, the one, um, many years ago with Christian Bale, 
really powerful. Just a lovely movie with Winona Ryder. And the mom in that movie is played by Susan Sarandon. And she does a phenomenal job. The New Little Women is also worth seeing. I highly, highly recommend. What a great movie Uh, and a great book to read to your children or to just read yourself. It's so delightful. Uh, The next one is Molly Weasley from Harry Potter. She was fiercely protective, wasn't she, of her children. Carolina Ingalls from uh, Little House on the Prairie, obviously the books. And there was a TV show back, I think it was in the late 70s, early 80s. That is a fun one. She's a sweetheart and you can look her up. You'll find her. Uh, Elastigirl from The Incredibles. Isn't it interesting that her superpower was flexibility. And isn't that the most important power for a mom? The thing we need the most probably besides patience is flexibility. June Cleaver. I know that's controversial. She vacuums and pearls, but, and she's a little, you know, a little over the top in terms of what's real realistic, but I love her calmness. I realized sure her life wasn't very stressful, but she's just has a very calm and sweet kind demeanor. So she's worth doing a Google on her, that old show, which is leave it to beaver. And she's in that show for a a soul model. I just really highly recommend her in the, in the calmness and order department. I mean, nobody's that organized, but, but she was on the show. (laughs) It's something to think about. Um, okay. Now in terms of real people, I would nominate Mary for number one spot. Of course, Mary, the mother of our savior, and in the Old Testament, Esther. In the New Testament, Elizabeth. Women of great faith. Uh, beautiful soul models. I would also put on this list Sherry Dew. Sherry Dew is an LDS uh, woman, a Latter-day Saint. And she doesn't actually have children. She's not married. But, oh my goodness. isn't You need to Google her talk, Are We Not All Mothers? And you can just feel the, the light that radiates from this woman's soul and her reverence and respect for motherhood brought tears to my eyes. Um, she's a phenomenal aunt and boy, would I have liked to be been related to her <laughs> because she's just, um, I'm sure her nieces and nephew just adore her nephews. Okay. And then finally, I would recommend uh, Princess Diana and Jackie Kenny Anassas because even though, of course, they weren't perfect human beings, they were really good moms. Or at least they really strove to be excellent mothers. And they have some interesting quotes about motherhood that you could look up. So maybe we'll talk about more of these, uh, about these people another time. But we're going to close here. And please remember that you are awesome. You are loved. And we appreciate you so much. We'll see you next time on Moms Meet World.